Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Deep End Podcast. Today, I am speaking with Forte Worthy. And this is a really cool conversation. I'll give you some context in a minute. But before I do that, I'd love to just introduce Forte. So Forte is a mindful communication educator. And he's doing work like creating a mindfulness around communication there's a non-violent communication course that's coming up for you we'll go into more of what you have on offer later on in this podcast um but what intrigued me and what's really unique about this conversation is that so Forte and I met in a um training program that we're both participating in and we shared some experiences that are very similar and it's all around slow and conscious dating and I was really impressed with what Forte was sharing. And we we agreed that we should have a conversation outside the container. So this is the conversation. This is the first time we are having a conversation around our relationship experiences. And I wanted to record it because my intention is to keep this podcast as authentic and organic as possible. And, you know, when you have those incredible conversations with people, um, and you're just like, wow, wish I recorded that. Maybe not. Maybe if you're not a podcast, you may not resonate. <laughs> but I've had those experiences. So I have a feeling this is going to be one of those conversations. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much for being here, Forte, and for just jumping into the deep end with me in this. Yeah. How, yeah. how appropriate. Um, yeah, right. yeah. Do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? and? Sure. Yeah, yeah thank you so much, Sam. Thanks so much for having me. And and I agree that sometimes when there's a, a shared passion for a topic and a desire to explore that further and deeper, that sharing it with others kind of multiplies the value of what's going on. And you've got a platform and you've got an audience. So therefore it's an opportunity to yeah, just to to get it out there a little bit a little bit deeper. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really grateful for this opportunity. Uh, we met through this course that I've been working in evolutionary relating for a couple of years now. And mm-hmm. yeah, authentic relating is a strong passion of mine, mindful communication, nonviolent communication, Marshall Rosenberg. Um, I'm a school teacher by trade. I'm an educator. I'm a musician. And I just, I love consciousness i love Mm. the fact that i'm the universe knowing itself and i want to make the most of that i want to make the best of that and i'm also a product of intergenerational trauma and so my capacity to make the most and the best of my life has been hindered by world wars and consumerism and just troubling humanity and so I kind of feel like I've woken up to that and I want to support other people to wake up to that as well. And the most important thing is how I relate with other people. And so I've worked really hard on overcoming some of my problematic protective mechanisms around my relationships. And I've realized like, wow, and there's a lot of compassion and curiosity and awareness in me now that I would dearly love to share and sharing it helps me go to my next level as well. Like I have to, I'm accountable when I have to step up and be what I profess, then it helps me grow. It helps me stay. 
on course, on track. So I'm here in service, but I'm also got selfish reasons because I want to have the best possible life. And that involves helping others too and being of service. So thanks for the opportunity to share that with your peeps and with you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Thanks for being here. Um, I love what you had to say around like the, um, oh, I'm going to be paraphrasing here, but it's around um, the traumas that you've experienced and sort of taking responsibility for that and not repeating those patterns in your relationship. Um, yeah. That's what I was hearing. And yeah. I've had a very similar experience, you know, like, one thing that I've recently learned experientially, like I've intellectualized this, but like through mm. my relationship that is very conscious and I feel like you're on the same, you're on the same experience is yeah. that the problems don't go away. No, <laughs> The problems are still there. It's just yeah. how are we communicating? Are we communicating from regulated nervous systems? Are we mm -hmm. throwing away comments that can be quite hurtful that we may regret mm. later? Or are we being super aware and mindful about what we're saying and how we're communicating. Um, so I'd love to hear about, you know, I'd love to just dive into like what drew us together, which is this slow and conscious dating experience. I'd love uh, to hear your story. Yeah. Okay. So my story, I'm a product of, like I'm a 43 year old man. So I'm a product of growing up in the nineties and just in fairly toxic masculinity, fairly absent male quality male role models, MTV generation, if you like, of objectification, of feeling like my worth. Like I really knew, for, I, I had it implanted in me that my worth was based on how attractive was my girlfriend or the girl that I was with and how many you know, sexual conquest could I have? And it was just this belief that that was my value, my worth. And it, like you say, it doesn't go away. It just become, I just become aware of it and then I manage it and I use tools. So <laughs> it's like I didn't, this is all in hindsight. Obviously, I didn't know that, that, that this was a problem or even a thing. I was just in it like a like a goldfish what's what's water like i don't even understand so i mean this privileged white male objectification thinking that my value is is based on other people's opinion of me like i've got the mother wound and i'm trying to get women to validate me to try and win the the battle of my mother's like rejection of me or her inadequate like love of me her conditional mm. love and I'm and I'm connecting with the same sort of women again and again, trying to repair or redo uh, some problematic thing. And I, once I kind of woke up to the the pattern, and for whatever reason, like I was able to travel a lot, and I lived this quite free life, very liberated, no children, no major commitments, like very avoidant, very avoidant person. So. I've used that really well and done lots of personal development and had a lot of beautiful experiences that a lot of people don't get to have. And so now I've come to a place of that awareness. I've read amazing books like Russell Brand's book, Recovery, really showed me like, hey, there's, there's something you can do differently. You've got a program 
that you can overcome. I've done many Vipassana meditations that really help me get into the witness and observe myself. And I think that's the, the best tool that I've ever learned and integrated is the capacity to watch myself with compassion and some detachment and just like, oh, look at that. My system wants to do this or my, I'm reacting in this way. Um, and then realizing that I wasn't actually getting my need for deep love met. I was getting good at connecting with women and, and having like short-term things, but there wasn't, the deep love wasn't there because there was an avoidance of it. There was a fear of being seen for who I truly was. And I was getting really good at kind of manipulating the level of connection to just the right Goldilocks zone, if you like, of I want to bring you in, but I want to keep you at a certain distance. And it was causing harm. Once I realized that, I was like, I need a big reset. So I came back from a European adventure, a Euro trip, if you like, and I just said, right, that's it. I'm having time off from this. I am going single and celibate for a good long time. And it's been like two and a half years of deep introspection supported by a pandemic and a lot of solitude and inquiry and really watching and seeing myself and coming out of ignorance. Like I was very, very in denial uh, of that I had any problem because it was a protective mechanism. It's like, no, 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 everything's fine. This is life. I'm doing life. Um, and it was all just sort of a facade. And once I cracked through that and saw the reality, yes, it was sad. I had deep regrets and um, like a lot of grief, a lot of grief came through. But I, what I realized was that I could handle it. I could handle more of a real look at myself rather than seeing through a lens of a perception. And so this time off from pursuing intimacy and, and sex was very, very pivotal. It really did a good reset. And there was a couple of times when I re-engaged and went, oh, no, patterns are still very strong. And like you said, they're always going to be there, but it's how do I have tools? And so it's only been in the last few months that I've really said, okay, I think I'm ready now, ready to re-engage. And so I need a new way to do that. I can't rely on my own brain to, to support me back into, into love because it went off track. And so I, I needed to find a new way. And so that's conscious dating, slow dating. And it takes conscious, mindful effort to do it differently. And uh, the fruits are coming. Sam, and that's that's the exciting part, right? Like that's what that's what we both realize is that whoa, when I do things in a different way, oh, there's a whole nother layer, a whole nother level of experience of this world that opens up that I had no idea about. I always used to think that I needed to get more. I was stuck in the more problem of oh, if only I could get more this and more that, then I'll be happy. And it's an absolute bottomless pit. I certainly went into it pretty hard, probably not as hard as Russell Brand, but in a similar fashion, hedonistic, self-seeking, and it was never ending. It was never satisfying. And then mindfulness, then meditation, then presence, 
sacredness, sacred sexuality, sacred just life. Tantra for me is making love with all of existence. I mean, that's probably why I love love sex and intimacy so much is because in those times, that's when I was really mindful. That's when I was totally present in the moment. But even now, in hindsight, I wasn't really that present because I was like waiting for the next thing, moving forward, moving forward, and then slow dating where the next step is off the table means I'm so much more present in whatever it is. Maybe we're at the stage of holding hands and I can just like really feel what is that like to hold another person's hand, to interlock my fingers into their hand. I can be really, really present with that and know that there's not going to be, like I'm not having to wonder like what's next, what's next, because it's off the table. We've had a, a conversation about it and I can just be really, really present and with that. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, okay, so I want to unpack a bit of what you've shared, of course, okay. because you're using language that I'm familiar with, but there's maybe some unfamiliarity with um, the audience listening. So language like avoidant, you know, like what, let's unpack that first. Like what does it mean to be avoidant? I'm primarily, my default attachment style is also avoidant. Um, so we can like you know riff off each other with that what's your experience been like with avoidant yeah i've got so it's it's um in reference to attachment styles and the book that i always recommend is attached i can't mm. remember who wrote it but it's called attached and <laughs> <laughs> and um there's you can be securely attached and or you can be anxiously attached or avoidantly attached and so an anxious attached person might need a lot of reassurance and they feel unsafe and they they do a lot of things to try and keep their partner like coming back, come back. And then an avoidantly attached person also is trying to keep themselves safe from harm, from pain, but by keeping people at a distance. And so for me, that would show up as if there was a deal breaker, if there was some reason why we couldn't be together long-term, but there was a charge, there was chemistry, there was a desire to explore intimacy, that would be ideal because I would be able to have a short-term kind of temporary thing knowing that it was going to end for whatever reason. Maybe I'm traveling and I'm going to be leaving or uh, this person wants children and I don't want children, but we're still just going to have this fling or whatever. And that would give me a level of security that I wasn't going to get too enmeshed or attached and then have that attachment severed. I think I'd become attached to people in the past and had that attachment severed, it had hurt, and then I'd gone into avoidance of that feeling again. But what I'd done is I'd thrown the baby out with the bathwater and I'd missed the opportunity to have secure, deep attachment and connection with someone um, by just being avoidant of it. Mm. So I hope that helps sort of expand on mm. what I'm saying. But thanks for yeah, thanks for that clarification opportunity. Yeah, my experience with avoidant attachment is this overwhelming sensation that rises in my body at the thought of commitment and mm. deep intimacy. And um, my experience has been to reject people before they have the opportunity to reject me oh. to avoid being abandoned because that's my yeah. wounding is abandonment. And yeah. um 
yeah so you know I would create these sabotaging scenarios and start mm. nitpicking the f out of somebody and being like yeah. this person this is this little thing is really annoying uh-huh. me uh-huh. and even though it's not actually a thing but it's that protective mechanism that um comes into play and you know you speak you've been speaking about like you're not aware of this this mindfulness right this is all happening in the unconscious realms of Mm. our psyche Mm. and our patterns of behavior then represent these layers of protection that we have you know inherited Mm. for whatever reason everyone has their own wounding and their own story Mm. um so it's really awesome to kind of like hear your perspective on that and like you know your journey and um you know, the sabotaging uh, patterns of behavior I'm hearing with you is just like short-lived experiences of ecstasy and pleasure and play that is non-committal and, you know, quite like in the in the realms of having flings, you know, that are just short-lived and fleeting and um, fun. It's really mm. fun. It's really fun because like, but there is a sense of there's a lack of fulfillment there. And that's what I'm also hearing you say that, um, mm. you know, you're seeking more, you're wanting to get more, but that's, that's, that's revealing to me that there was that part of you that was feeling unfulfilled within yourself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it was very much about that. I didn't feel like I deserved or was worthy of um, real love that I was only right. actually yeah. worthy of conditional love. That's kind of my, mm. my template for what love is. And therefore I was going for, women that would give me conditional love if someone tried to love me for who i really was i thought they were flawed i was like how could you love this like wow. you must be mad and therefore you're wow. now unattractive and my system would just not be able to accept real love whoa that's and i tell you wild. like that's so common <sighs> and like trying to change that is not easy oh, that is God. a challenging thing because it just feels yeah. like who I'm attracted to. It's like a very deep thing. So here yeah. is how to change that. It is, it's so cliche and it's so obvious, but it's very difficult. It's self-love. It's actually accepting and loving who I am because that mirrors then the situations that happen outside of me. And that's what I mean over the two years when I was doing that deep inner journey of self-acceptance. And it means accepting and loving all the parts of me, not just the things that are great, but the flawed parts, the the shadowy parts that I don't want to share, loving all of that. One of the best ways to, to get there is to share, to find safe enough people to actually be able to express and listen to other people express the parts of them that they're ashamed of or that they feel like they're going to be rejected for. And then sitting there and going, Oh, yeah, me too. And feeling that connection, feeling that identification. And then as my self-acceptance grows, all of a sudden the reality outside changes and I can accept people loving me. So it's like, yeah, it, it blows my mind. I've experimented with this, of showing up fully authentically into situations, expecting mm. to be judged, ridiculed, rejected. And people are like, wow, I feel so safe with you. You're so like, like I love knowing mm-hmm. that you've got these flaws. And so it goes against my training, mm. my domestication as a human. But it, yeah. But I'm here to tell you that 
it's that's what humans love about each other is the shadows is the flaws Mm. and you're a great proponent of that sam like you will show not just your your beauty and your the model part but you'll show your rugged part and the parts that you know you show everything and that is why you are a role model for people to show up as their full self that you can be all facets of humanity we all have Mm. everything in us so trying to hide it makes it come out sideways so what i've learned is to go into mindful awareness of what is going on for me and then Mm. learning how to share it because sharing it is the important thing for relationships Mm. and if we start like we've got to start how we wish to proceed yeah and so when we go slow all right let's get into slow dating right because if i go fast into dating then i go quite quickly into the sexual expression of my feelings for someone i take that chemistry and i want to multiply that chemistry by by channeling it into physical intimacy now that's great and then and then and then i hope that something deeper will kind of somehow arise on the other end of that deeply charged romantic phase. And I just hope for it. Hope that it will just (laughs) grow naturally without me tending to it while I'm off over here having fun and and having lots of sex. So by going slow and taking a lot of sexual activity off the table and introducing it really slowly, then – and also the other things, like it's not just sex, but like other gateways and thresholds that people go through, like meeting people's kids, meeting people's friends, um, mm. going over to their house for the first time. Like there's, you name it, there's a there's a gateway, there's a threshold that you can walk through. And if you can spread them out as long as possible, because the start of relationships is really quite profound and juicy. So ex- extend it. You won't regret it, promise. And if it's a good relationship, this is if you want a long-term relationship. If you just want to go and have fun, then, you know, there's other podcasts for that. So extend it out. Trust that if the connection is going to work, then the slowness will not harm it. It will enhance it. And then use tools of communication because natural communication that's been learned by a human generally is inadequate. You know, it's not your fault that you didn't get taught how to communicate well. But it is your responsibility to overcome that problem. And just because society didn't automatically implant in you the capacity to share what you're feeling and what your needs are and make requests, doesn't mean that you can't learn it and doesn't mean that you shouldn't learn it. Just because everyone else can't communicate well, like that's, that's your responsibility. This is your call to action is upgrade your capacity to share what is your reality. And by going slow and creating a bit of a container around the the interactions and saying, hey, can we try and do this consciously? Can we try and do this with a deeper level of communication than what we're used to? Creating, getting permission, getting consent, getting an agreement between two people provides a huge amount of safety to then be expressive and real, even when it's uncomfortable, especially when it's uncomfortable. Because what I found is that on the other side of an uncomfortable conversation is a level of connection that is way better than simply having great sex or something like that. 
Love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, yeah, it was really interesting. And I want to hear about your experience with your partner. When I met my partner now, it was like a year ago. So I want to share my story with you. It was, Beautiful. It was, yes, please, sir. It was a year ago and it was online and I was doing What Men Want podcast and just really like tuning into. So I spent some time um, educating women, educating men about women. And then I went and did educating women about men. And now I'm doing both. And I feel yeah. like, you know, when you're growing in your business, you're kind of like figuring it all out. And I'm like, oh yeah, cool. I'm here for both. Um, and yes, my work is orientated towards like heterosexual relationships and I will eventually mm -hmm. branch out to LGBT, but my experience is predominantly in, in that kind of, um, dynamic. So yeah. I met, yeah, Kaibo came up, um on one of my live streams and was asking me questions and I was like oh this guy seems cool I went on to his profile and I was like yeah I like what he's about I'll um get him up on my podcast and we ended up just having a few conversations here and there and I we laugh about it now but I found him to be quite beige I was like this guy is a bit mm, I don't know it didn't really translate his personality personality didn't translate via zoom and then um, we had this one conversation, maybe, um, I don't know, at some stage last year, and we triggered each other, actually. And this was before I did Fundamentals of Authentic Relating with, with Damien. So I did the overshare thing without checking in if he was available to receive what I wanted to share with him. Mm. Um, and... <laughs> Yeah, we triggered each other and I was he was like, I didn't consent to this. And I was like, I'm so sick of you spiritual people and your consent. I'm here for full expression and just completely unconsciously, like not aware of, you know, boundaries and checking in with people and having a, a conscious conversation with somebody where, you know, you're able to communicate from a place of respect for somebody else's capacity and just tuning mm -hmm. into what they're available for. Um, and then I went off and did some things and we didn't speak and I was away and, you know, went into the big brother house, all the things. Um, and then when I got back, I started like writing again on my, on my socials and he, he noticed a difference in my frequency and in my energy. You know, I walked out of the big brother house with self-belief. So that translated in the way I showed up online and he reached out to me and he was like, I'd love for you to help facilitate this training called the art of relating and I was like oh I don't know this beige guy I'm not sure um <laughs> and then I looked up the content shadow work Jungian psychology psycho and like all that sort of stuff I'm just like oh my god yes talk dirty to yeah. me <laughs> <laughs> I'm so here for it right yeah. Um, I'm here for the work. That's that's what I'm here for is this work and putting it out there and supporting fellow leaders in this in this field of relationships. Um, mm. And yeah, so I said, yes, it was like a full body. Yes. As soon as I read the content and um, still like not really like still thinking this guy, like a bit reserved about him and not sure where to place him and just holding that pillar of professionalism. And I was kind of like seeing or talking to this other guy anyway. So I didn't go into this experience with any expectations. Mm. So then I, we, we met on the first night of the in-person training in the Gold Coast. It was 10 weeks. And on the first night um, he was quite flirty. And I was like, okay, so not, not beige at all. 
And then I watched him in his passion and in his purpose. And I was just yeah. like, wow, this guy's amazing. Um, and I was really impressed with him and he was so integrated and he does a lot of men's work and all these things and similar to, to you and mm. just blown away, absolutely blown away. But then I had this thing with this other guy and anyway, I was staying in the Gold Coast and we had Kaiba and I spoke that evening and we had like really in-depth conversations. And then I went to Sydney to meet up with this guy and I um, just wanted to honor the connection that I had been exploring there. And it was actually, yeah. we went into it quite fast, you know, we slept mm -hmm. together quite soon and, you know, and I, I have had experiences like my ex partner, we were in a relationship for two and a half years and we slept together like very quickly in the relationship mm -hmm. so like there's I don't want um I I haven't it's not like this you know if you have sex with somebody on your first date that you're not going to have a long-term relationship the yeah. quality of my relationship back then was so different to the quality of my relationship now and that's what I like was really interested to hear about what your experience was like with that too yeah. so then yeah Kaibor um I went away with this guy and yeah, I soon realized that we weren't compatible, especially coming off, you know, meeting such an incredible person who meets me in so many ways and who mm. is aware. And I don't want to discredit this guy because he's also really awesome. And he's um, just at a different stage on his journey. And, you know, I, I have nothing but, you know, care for this person and think that he's incredible and he has so much to offer and give um but yeah you know it's hard to we just weren't compatible so mm. had the really tough conversation with him while we were on our trip and went back and um yeah you know it's great to have the tools to be able to be upfront and honest with somebody like back in the day yeah. I would have totally avoided it and just created some kind of scenario to like not mm -hmm. have that confrontational conversation yeah. um but yeah just dealt with it in a mature way and then yeah went back and yeah Kaibor and I quickly learned that we had feelings for each other and that there was a connection there and we decided mm -hmm. to create the boundaries that were necessary for um, the relationship that we could see coming and also to honor the work that we were in and the container that we were in so the boundaries were to you know keep it clean and keep it um, professional while we were in the the container of facilitating this training um, yeah. and then potentially explore something after the container and right. so that was 10 we, weeks 10 weeks, but we actually missed a week because of voting. So it extended out to 11 weeks. For me, that's like 12, like that's, you know, it's three months essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you're going to put it a roundabout way. So three months yeah. um, to build the tension was really awesome mm. and to build a solid foundation as well. And to get to know him, like we spoke about everything. We, mm -hmm. we learned so much about each other in those three months and we would spend hours talking after the training to like 3am at some nights. Yeah. Um, and it reminded me of this book I read when I was 18. Mm. <laughs> Act Like a Lady, Think Like a Man by Steve Harvey. Right. So traditional, so traditional, yeah. but like lots of really awesome tips in there. They've made a, a movie about it now. It's called What Men Want, which is really cool. Um, and, oh, wait, think like, it's called Think Like a Man. Act, act Like a Lady, Think Like a Man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. 
and then yeah so basically in this book it's like do not have do not have sex with with a man until three months into the relationship and if he's still around after three months then you know I'm an 18 year old girl I'm not even a woman yet I'm a girl who's just experienced sex for the first time so like yeah I, I did try this because I was so attached and connected to this fantasy of love and that romantic, you know, I'm such a hope, hopeless, hopeful romantic. Yeah. Um, but like at 18, I don't even know who I am and what I want. So like mm. I tried it for a bit and it was amazing, but like I actually didn't want a long-term, I didn't know what I wanted, you know, I had to yeah. go through the lessons of your twenties that we all go through. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, so we took our time and, um, we've had challenges, you know, especially when, when we're so self-aware of our patterns of behavior, like we're both our default patterns are like avoidance. So like navigating that and leaning into secure attachment and choosing mm. to, cause it does take time. Like you said, um, when Damien brought it to my attention a year ago, cause I hired him as like a one-on-one coach. He was like, mm-hmm. this is what, what's going on for you. And I'm like, okay, what do I do to fix this? He's <laughs> like yeah. lean into secure, and he's like, be patient. It's going to take at least two years for your nervous system to catch up. And I'm like one year in and I'm still noticing the avoidant patterns and that that, that yeah. those like thoughts. But mm-hmm. my body is way more regulated than what it was back then. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that was my experience. I really wanted to share that with you. Beautiful. And I want to hear if you're open to to sharing your experience of like what what it was like for you and what came up for you and how mm-hmm. you've been navigating your current relationship. Yeah, beautiful. Thanks, Sam. Can I reflect what I've heard you say about yours? Oh, my God, please. Yes. Okay, thanks. So I'm hearing that you <clears throat> you read read a book as an 18-year-old and you got this piece of advice about the three months and you're like, that's a really good idea. I'd like that. And then it's all, these, all this time later when you've been able to really put it into practice in the full way. It's like you've matured into this woman that and then the universe has supported you by having a container of uh, we're professionals and so on. So you've been really supported and guided to give this a go. And I suppose that is a massive part of it where it's really, really difficult. Once the passion starts flowing, it's very, very challenging to not act on that and fall Mm. into old patterns. And so now on the other side of it, you're really grateful. And you can see it. Mm. And that's why you're so keen to share your story because you're like, hey, everyone, I did this thing and it's like so different and better. And check it out. And you're right. Like, and I'm hearing that when a person wants to knows themselves better and wants that deeper long term relationship, that's when this counts. And if people just want to, like I said before, like there's other podcasts on how to just have quick casual flings so Mm. yeah does that am I getting what you're saying yeah that's totally been my experience it's like and and when you said that it reminded me of like my intention that I set for myself last year was to become friends first before I get into a relationship you know I'm turning 32 in a few months I'm not getting any younger so when it comes to being in a relationship I'm not looking for a fling it's it has to be intentional and I'm not looking to get into a relationship to break up so yeah. being super mindful about who I choose to mm. relate with has been a massive journey for me in these last 12 months. And, and, and it was really interesting because like my pattern is to 
um, to just run with my hormones, you know, and chase that dopamine, chase the serotonin, yeah. chase the oxytocin and yeah. the lust. Mm-hmm. And then allowing myself the space to to let that simmer mm-hmm. and really tune into love rather than limerence is a mm-hmm. massive game changer. Yeah. Um, and it's created this solid foundation of security and safety rather than codependency. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, like it's interesting because I set this intention last year and it's not until this year and now, like we actually have com- conversations about this. Like if we met a year ago when we did have that conversation and we did first meet, we actually weren't prepared for each other in the way that we are now. Yeah. So timing is everything as well. And like, yeah. if we keep doing the same thing, we're going to get the same results. So f- mm. for me, I was looking for a long-term relationship, but I was still going about it in my old ways. Yeah. 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 And, and changing those deeply lifelong patterns is takes consciousness and effort mm. and takes time to adjust a trajectory mm. and uh, takes compassion to and kindness to oneself as mm. I fall back into old habits again and again and then pick myself up and go, you know what, that we want something different this time and mm. be willing to hold back until something changes. So, yeah, my experience is I had to get really in touch with, like, who, what is it that I want in a relationship? Like, I realised that I want an ally. I want to share my life with someone and I wasn't going to get that by being ethically non-monogamous and um, being a travelling unavailable guy. Um, And so then I have to get really clear about who I would like to connect with. What is the type of woman that I want to be with? And then who do I need to be in order to be... um, uh, compatible with that woman are there things that i need to adjust and change and shift most of it is about self-acceptance but there's a modicum of improved self-improvement as well uh, so there's a balance that. point what's that i just i really love that you've made that point because there is a massive difference between self-improvement and self-acceptance and i definitely yeah. agree that there needs to be a balance of the two yeah as self-awareness grows so does so too does self-compassion need to also grow because the more i get aware of myself the more i see the things that i've been in denial of the things i've been absolutely ignorant of about myself that are like quite difficult to accept about myself so i need to build that muscle of self-acceptance but by seeing things and then getting conscious and making different choices and it's usually it's not about the flaw itself. It's how I deal with the flaw. So the, the biggest change is not only mindfulness and awareness, but that communication ability, the using tools of communication where I can share it rather than having it come outside. So when I ha- am triggered, which I'll always be triggered by different things because I'm a human being, what do I do with that? Do I say, oh, I'm feeling really triggered now and I'm, I'm needing some space or or do I just act out of it and get snappy? You know, I'm a, I'm a real like intellectual slap sort of person. Like I'll use my words violently. That's sort of my way of being 
reactive. And so I've got to be really careful of that. I've got to feel the feeling before it turns into blah so that I can go, oh, yeah, I'm noticing that I'm overreacting in this situation and I need to need to chill or I need some space or whatever. But getting aware, then being able to communicate it. Um, so I got aware of, of who I wanted to form an alliance with, who did I want, and then how did I need to be in order to to find and be like accepting of uh, love of a woman like that. And that was that was a long journey. That was a couple of years of, of inner work, of uh, developing my capacity, the, building the muscle of vulnerable, open, honest sharing and being richly rewarded. Firstly, in very held tight containers, then expanding out to good friendships, then out to more more public places, then even into places like work and like talk, being authentic at work, whoa. And then family of origin, oh, like next level. And just continuously like building that muscle and, and really going, wow, like I can actually be honest. I can be truthful. So then, I, yeah, then I'm ready for dating and I start dating and I start noticing that I'm making compromises and like accepting sort of deal-breaky sort of things and, and just like having this lack mentality. And then I realized like I've got to like overcome that. I've got to keep on holding my standards and keep on saying this is this is what I want and I, I trust that I will get when it occurs. And I loved what you said in your story about you. You didn't know it was arriving, but you just were doing your life. You were noticing the full body yes when you went into things. And finding your joy, like that means that you're in this space of like, this is my passion, this is my joy, and and then people will be attracted to your authentic joy and they will share it. I, I'm As a musician, like I really, I think about the, that I've got a certain frequency, my music plays, and then if somebody else has a guitar string that's tuned to the same frequency that I'm putting out there, then it will start vibrating their little thing and they'll be like, oh, oh I'm noticing, oh, 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 what's going on? And this is the thing. So what what I actually put out there, if it's a mask, if it's a front, and I'm trying to like vibrate my song out into the world and it's just a made-up song, then it's going to vibrate on someone else's like made-up song and we're going to connect on this superficial level. If I like make my song richer and deeper and more embodied and full, then it's going to get past someone else's mask and into their depth. And then there's going to be a deeper connection. To test if that's true, rather than just feeling a passionate connection and acting on that and hoping that there's a deeper connection arises out of the ashes of lots of sex, going slow means that I can then keep checking compatibility while observing the chemistry and it's a very different experience like you say it's it's this cooler there's a question because i'm not feeling anxiety because i'm not feeling oh this person's too good for me and and if i don't do everything just right they're going to leave and i've got to be perfect because i'm not feeling that anxiety i go is this love is this real 
is this actually a thing? Because I'm so used to like the the anxious butterflies as being love. And when I have to stay the course, I have to make an agreement, I have to get support and guidance, run a, an idea of three months, say, all right. And it's not just don't have sex for three months. It's like stay committed. If there's, a, if there's something you want to explore, stay the course, even when you're, your system is going, no, this can't be real. Because when you go slow, you, when you don't kiss someone, say, you're telling your body that you're not that into them because you're not kissing them. Even if you like, you want to, it's, there's this weird communication that comes back, this biofeedback that needs to like rest and integrate. And you need to like have other people's perspectives to help you stay the course because there's going to be all these signs that are saying, no, no, this person's not right for you. Like they're clearly, otherwise you'd be having sex with them already. And staying the course is yeah, trusting that a compatibility will build a solid foundation. I I believe that like good sex can can be built on a connective foundation anyway. So sexual chemistry is not is important, attraction is important, but it can grow out of a bedrock of compatibility, shared values similarities in tastes and what type of life do you want and so don't worry about the the sexual chemistry let that come out of something else it will be different it will be not so hot and and we'll get to we'll talk about sex another day but it's a cooler heat it's like lighting a lantern all right, and I'll finish with this. So the whole metaphor, right? I was in Germany, I was on the Rhine, and I was what it was New Year's Eve, and I was watching the fireworks. In Germany, they just go crazy for their fireworks, and they're all out of their homes, and they're just letting off firework, firework, firework. And I was watching it, and I was like looking, and I was with some friends, and it was beautiful, and it was just a lovely, lovely situation, and very um, a memorable time. And then someone set off a lantern and this beautiful soft light slowly rose up into the sky fireworks going bang like loud bright and very quick and this lantern was just gentle soft beautiful flowing up into the sky the fireworks had all gone and the lantern continued and i'm like that is what i want I've had all these fireworks, short-lived, kaboom, give me a lantern. Let's have a lantern. And that's become the symbol of slow, conscious dating is let's light a lantern. Let's build a beautiful lantern, light it and watch that glow and have a different experience. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's really freaking cool. Um, yeah, wow, that's awesome. I've like, I've, I've when you were speaking, so much came up for me. I was like, oh my god, yes, I've had this experience. Yes, I resonate. Yes, 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 yes. Um, yeah, like 
it's different when you take things slow and what I was hearing from you is a very similar experience to what I've had is like this slowness that is um when it builds at that that pace it feels different to lust you know and all we learn is lust butterflies passion attraction chemistry you know and when that's not there we think something's wrong because mm-hmm. We haven't actually learned how to relate with each other in a regulated nervous system. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is another topic for another day, you know, the trauma yeah. and the, the experiences yeah. that we have when we learn the anxious and the avoidant attachment styles at birth or from being young children, like yeah, that, how that shows up in the body. But yeah, one thing that I um, was hearing when you were speaking about the, the, the sexuality piece is that like, you and I, we're not in relationship together. We have our own relationships, but because we've taken things so slow, we probably haven't even had the best sex that we're yet to have because it's just building and growing to this cosmic level of euphoric connection. And that is exciting. That's so exciting. Um, the the yeah. opportunity to be together in a regulated state while being unusual opens a whole dimension it's like a psychedelic experience it's a an opportunity to experience an aspect of the universe that is Mm. not accessible until two humans are regulated while in love making love like creating Mm. love and that can happen Mm. in in many different ways i'm not just talking about penetrative sex so making of Mm. love in a regulated way there's a subtlety and instead of increasing the amount of sensation in turning up the sensitivity dial and feeling the more and more subtle sensations and going into an altered state like that's where the magic actually is yeah there's a there's a top end of sensation that you can try and reach and and push past and get more and more but the subtle the opening up to the subtle is a absolute bottomless open world to explore Mm. and it only happens when things are regulated and that takes Mm. that takes safety like safety Mm. feeling safe is the most important thing that's that secure attachment thing and so if someone's anxious or avoidant to get to a place of safe and regulated means that uh, a whole world opens up and mm. the sex then can be a connective, um, like meditation, co-meditation that mm. is connective and, yeah, just supports the couple, the mm. people to, to go to an, another whole nother level. Mm. Yeah, hearing you on that. Yeah, and as you were speaking, I was like just reflecting on have you – because it's so slow, right? You take your relationship really slow, you're building, building, building. It allows the spaciousness to really see each other and meet each other in your stuff. Like, you know, we're still triggering each other. There's still stuff coming up for us, healing that's taking place. One thing that um, Kybor and I did this week actually was, which was really cool, is create agreements in our relationships. So like a set of standards that we are both going to agree to and commit to 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 ensure the relationship is thriving you know like um and 
creating space for sexual intimacy was one of them rather than, you know, and, and that, that creates that intention. And it's not about like the penetration, it's just that spaciousness of being able to meet each other body to body, um, heart to heart. And that creates a sacredness. It creates intention. And then we have the space to even take that slow, you know, rather than this, fast-paced world that we live in um mm. that's pleasure seeking in a way that is um short-lived you yeah, know goal orientated goal orientated yeah yeah got to remove the goal and make it a sacred practice of connection where it doesn't matter like what actually happens but you're saying like i value you i value myself and i value the us and i want to celebrate mm. that I want to cultivate mm. our connection mm. and I'm prioritizing it. Yeah. Like the Bible for me on that is slow sex by Diane, uh, Diane rich, Diana Richardson. Like that is a absolute, we could do a whole talk about that. I would she love to do a whole podcast on sex. That would be great. Definitely. definitely. Um, to reflect back to some key takeaways from this chat with you, Um, What I really appreciated and loved is that you were self-aware of like, you know, your mother wound and the experience that you had of like wearing women as a handbag and that being like a trophy kind of experience for you. And then your transformation through, you know, using um, Russell Brand's book of recovery and the, the tools that you've learned through that to learning about what um what it means to have a fulfilling relationship and what's required of you to have a fulfilling relationship and to break away from these um I guess outdated paradigms that weren't working for you because you weren't actually experiencing Mm. what you truly desired um and you went through that process with celibacy and learning about tantra and um I also really loved that you were able to what one main aha moment for me um was like when you share your reality and your vulnerability with somebody you create that deep connection that authenticity and you know what I was hearing you say about owning it like people really value that within you um and the the thing is about self-love and self-acceptance is that if it's going to be mirrored out because when we own our stuff it doesn't really matter if anybody else agrees or disagrees with you know who we are because we know who we are and I think that is between all the things that you were sharing when you know who you are and you know what you want that that transcends all of this stuff these like unconscious patterns of behaviors that we've inherited from our life our childhood or whatever it transcends all of that into a conscious relationship and I think that um yeah I just really admire you in that admire your ability to have that that self-responsibility and to walk this path and to be aware of your patterns of behavior and then to be teaching people this so yeah, I'd love to hear about how people can find you and how people can um, work with you and anything else you want to add. I'd love to hear anything from you. But, yeah, I know you've got some stuff going on, upcoming courses and programs mm. that would be really beneficial to people. Yeah, thank you, Sam. I just want to say I really appreciate the opportunity to chat with you and share our conversation with your people. And for me, it's a great stepping up into appreciating the value of my journey and the effort that I've made in myself and then wanting to genuinely wanting to share that and be of service to 
the community. And so I'm really grateful for the opportunity to to do that. And I love feeling the resonance that we have around our experience. Um, that's very bolstering and encouraging. Like it gives me courage to go, this is this is valuable because we're bucking a trend. We're going against social norms. And mm. that's I mean, my name is Forte, right? So that's a that I changed it ten years ago because I didn't want to have a normal name. I didn't want to be I wanted to buck social norms. And I want to do that in a good way. I don't want to be a, a rebel fighting against the world. I want to be a like a a warrior courageously fighting for the world and for humans, for humanity mm. and our connections. Yeah, so um yeah, I'd love to hear from anyone that that resonates with with my way and what I'm what I'm about. And I've got a website, forteworthy at uh, forteworthy.com.au. And I'm going to be running a, a course called Ongo in September, which is a nonviolent communication mindful course. And uh, that's an absolutely beautiful 12 week journey. And uh, great for couples, that one. That's for all genders. And you can be single or in a relationship, no problem. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be online so that it's accessible to everyone. And then I do a lot of men's work as well. And there's a, if you're in South Australia, there's a, the Southern Men's Gathering or anywhere in Australia, like, or anywhere in the world, really, you can come along. Welcome. But the Southern Men's <laughs> Gathering is happening on the 4th to the 6th of November this year, 2020. And uh, so that's going to be a really beautiful event gathering of probably 30, 40 men. Um, we're going to go deep and uh, integrate and be accepted, have that opportunity to be real and be accepted in the realness. So beautiful, such a game changer. And, yeah, I'm facilitating with evolutionary relating. We're doing the fundamentals of authentic relating. That's going to be an ongoing thing, so... Check out evolutionary mm. relating. What was the other thing that I was doing? Oh, coaching. Um, you've so, yeah, one-on-one coaching. Yeah, mm. so I work with men. I've got a group going at the moment. We're using the book No More Mister Nice Guy, um, which is all about overcoming that people-pleasing, inauthentic. Like I'm, a, I should be this. I should be that. It's about getting. It's about integration. It's about finding out like who I am, like who is all of me, and what happens if I show up more and more fully, more and more real. And having some tools of like communicating that with people around me. And so that's a beautiful journey. The No One's the Nice Guy, there's a nine-month journey that I take people through. And so I've I've taken men and women through that because everybody suffers from codependency and people pleasing to one degree or another. And so mm-hmm. yeah, I can help men and women with that journey towards integration, integration of who they are. I'm a high school teacher, I'm trauma-informed and I've got a background in psychology and I just really appreciate that, as I said at the start, like that we've kind of grown up in this society that doesn't automatically lead to flourishing. Mm. It's not our fault that we've, that we haven't been given the tools to flourish, but Mm. it's our responsibility to, to try if we can. And Mm. I I want to support people to, to do that, to make that journey. So yeah, I feel like I'm, I mean, I'm in the second half of my life now, 43-year-old man, and 
I'm making some big changes. Things are coming through and it's like time to step up and out and really own my contribution, my power, Mm -hmm. use my power for good. And so Mm -hmm. I'm really curious to see what what arises, really Mm -hmm. curious to see who resonates and who would like to spend more time with me. Yeah, cool. So for those listening, I'm going to include all of this information in the comments section or the the bio of this podcast. Um, And yeah, Forte, do you have any social media accounts that people can find you on and follow your work or your website? Yeah, so there's forteworthy.com.au and then I think there's there's a bit of an Instagram, a bit of a um, Facebook. Um, there's my music as well, like probably just a band camp now. My musical chapter's kind of over, but I've got an album called Conduit. So if you want mm-hmm. some positive, meaningful folk rock music for social change, you can find that on all of the streaming platforms. If you just search Google, uh, like search Forte Conduit, then you should find the album. And that's a pretty nice piece of music. I love that. I'll include that as well in the in the bio so that okay. our listeners can can find you. Thank mm. you so much for, for having this conversation with me and for coming onto my podcast. I really appreciate your time and your energy and your reflections and all the insights that you've shared. I feel like they're great value and a lot of people will resonate with your story. Yeah. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share. It's been really a lot of joy to reflect on my journey and accept the sometimes tongue-tied bumbling way that I've spoken, but just being in full love and acceptance of myself and gratitude for the opportunity the technology Mm -hmm. the resonance that we have and the capacity that we have to you know even as a musician it's like okay i've got a microphone and an audience like what am i going to do with that like my music is personal development music there's always been that desire to share wisdom in the world and that's why my album's called conduit because i'm like a conduit of wisdom it's come into Mm -hmm. me and it's coming out of me in a certain way that may or may not resonate with a certain person. If it does, mm. great. If not, that's okay. There will be other ways for you to get your wisdom. Mm. I've got a brand. I've got a certain way of sharing. And I, I can't wait to connect with people that resonate with that. Um, mm. It's going to be beautiful. Yeah, wow. I love that. I love that analogy. So poetic. So poetic. Oh, well, um, yeah, thank you. Uh, and... Stay tuned, everybody, for the next podcast. Mm. Thanks, Dan.